My name's Dr. Gary Crotez, and I'm a coach and author of The Idea Mindset, a book about how to figure out what you want and how to get it. The unlock moment is that flash of remarkable clarity when you suddenly know the right path ahead. When I'm in conversation with my coaching clients, these are the breakthroughs that are so profound that they remember vividly where they were, who they were with, what they were thinking when their unlock moment happened. In this podcast, I'll be meeting and learning about people who have accomplished great things or brought about significant change in their life, and you'll be meeting them with me. We'll be finding out what inspired them, how they got through the hard times, and what they learned along the way that they can share with you. Thank you for joining me on this podcast to hear all about another Unlock Moment. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to another episode of the Unlock Moment podcast. This is one of our very special Master Locksmith episodes. Whilst the classic format of the Unlock Moment podcast explores a person's life and career journey and dives into their personal moments of clarity, with the Master Locksmith episodes, I invite experts in psychology, leadership, and motivation to bring their ideas and guidance to help you, my listener, to find your own unlock moments. When I'm in conversation with my coaching clients, something I'm particularly aware of at the moment is how many of them are struggling with uncertainty. Uncertainty about their future, about their role, about their finances, about the environment around them. It's difficult to make decisions about the path ahead if you feel as though you're walking in a fog. Most people, especially leaders, view uncertainty as a negative, something anxiety-inducing, stressful, even paralysing. But what if uncertainty could be transformed to produce a wellspring of new ideas and fresh approaches, while turning fear into courage, paralysis into resilience, and converting change-resistant people into adaptive, risk-taking innovators? This is not dream thinking. It is based on the actionable research-backed framework developed and taught by renowned INSEAD professor and corporate advisor Nathan Furr, a global authority on leadership, strategy, digital transformation, and disruptive innovation, and one of the world's foremost experts on managing uncertainty. Nathan's latest co-authored book, The Upside of Uncertainty, A Guide to Finding Possibility in the Unknown, comes out this July and is based on his Uncertainty Capability Framework, which he teaches to organizations during advisory meetings, executive education courses, interactive workshops, and customized keynotes. He currently leads a new initiative, the Uncertainty Science Centre, aimed at discovering the frameworks and tools for navigating the age of uncertainty. He says, My framework takes something as abstract as uncertainty and makes it concrete. It's a holistic view of how uncertainty can be leveraged using tools that help bring down the temperature of the uncertainty we feel and raise the limit of what we think we can do so we have the courage and resilience to calmly step into new things and take action. I'm sold already and can't wait to find out more. So without further ado, Nathan Furr, it is my great pleasure to welcome you to The Unlock Moment. Thank you. I'm excited to talk more about uncertainty. Thank you so much for joining. And you're dining in today from northern France. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I live in Paris full-time. I, uh, as you can hear from my accent, I'm not originally French. I grew up on the West Coast of the U.S., but I live in uh, Paris, uh, where I'm a professor at INSEAD. Fantastic. So what first got you interested in this field of uncertainty? 
You know, for uh, well over 20 years, I've been working on this question. So my kind of pet thesis, the thing that really gets me excited is this observation that we live in a world that is becoming increasingly dynamic and uncertain. There's many foundational drivers of that. So for example, how technology brings down the barriers to create, transact, and interact, making more things possible, but also creating more change and more dynamism and more uncertainty. But but my question that I love is, well, what are the right tools and frameworks for a world of uncertainty? And so I've been working on questions like, what's the right strategy for a world of uncertainty? How do we get, how do we see the world in new ways? How do we test those ideas? How do we get people to believe in things that aren't here yet, but that could be here? So new technologies, new approaches to things. So all of my work is around that question. And, and the book that we wrote, The Upside of Uncertainty, is about how do I as an individual navigate that uncertainty. And how do you define uncertainty? What's the difference between uncertainty and ambiguity or risk? Yeah, oh, so that's a great question, by the way. And, and we have answers for this in the academic world. So I apologize to get a little nitty gritty here. But the way, I think one of the great ways to think about this was first uh, talked about by Frank Knight, who was a very famous economist, uh, back in the early 20th century. And what he argued is that there's a fundamental difference between risk and uncertainty. Risk is where you know the variables and you know the probability distribution. You just don't know what the value is going to be. So think about, for example, rolling a pair of dice. You know you're going to get between 2 and 12. You just don't know which number you're going to get. Whereas uncertainty is the situation where you actually don't maybe know what the variables are. You maybe don't know what the probability distribution is. You may not even know how to even think about the problem. And, and ambiguity would be kind of the more extreme version of that. We don't even maybe have the mental models to think about that. But, but often we, we can talk about uncertainty and ambiguity in the same uh, bucket, but, but Frank Knight was very clear. Risk is something totally different than uncertainty. And, and he was really one of the first ones to say, hey, we need new ways to think about uncertainty. So um, that's how I would separate it. If you're wondering, how is it different than complexity? Complexity we think about is the number of nodes in a system and the number of connections between those nodes. So it means you can change one node and it's hard to know what will happen because there's all these dependencies between those connections. But really, that can lead to uncertainty. But uncertainty is this situation of, of we don't know. And so how do we deal with that? And what does it feel like to be in a place of uncertainty? as opposed to a place of complexity or a place of risk? So we know from neuroscience that our brains are wired to have a response to uncertainty that feels like anxiety. So number one, if you feel anxious in the face of uncertainty, welcome to the club, you're human. Uh, and, and evolutionary, we're wired that way because think about it, in a world where, you know, think 200,000 years ago, in a world where there's very little to be gained by kind of venturing outside of your local sphere. I mean, you're not going to walk down the streets and discover a Starbucks where you can like do some new work and get a new job. I mean, there's none of that happening. In that world, it makes a lot of sense to like stay really close. Uh, but in our world where there's so many possibilities and so much happening, we, we actually have to kind of learn to overcome that evolutionary wiring to be able to tap into those possibilities that are out there. I wrote an article in Forbes recently about the shift from a knowledge-based economy to a question-based economy, where people are starting to have to face into a lot of challenges that no one's solved before in their daily lives. You know, my background is 
my listeners will know is in retail, where broadly speaking for the last 30 to 40 years, retail, there was an established playbook. But if you knew it and if you great at it and you trained at one of the big firms, then you could generally build a you know, profitable and growing kind of retail business. And then starting about 10 years ago and gradually progressing through all the different sectors of retail, suddenly this wave of uncertainty has sort of forged its way through. So a lot of people are deploying the playbook that they've always known that up to now has always worked and suddenly doesn't work anymore. And it's challenging people like never before to think differently. What, what, what do you observe when you're talking to and working with senior leaders with their experience of a changing world? You know, I think um, the former CEO of Ben & Jerry's, um, Justin Solheim, said it really well. He said, listen, there's uh, uncertainty and and paradox everywhere. The linear route, people who like the linear route forward, life is getting harder and harder for them in any field. And it's that, that feeling you're saying of, gosh, the playbook isn't really working anymore. And that's because the, the circumstances are changing. There's greater uncertainty. There's greater dynamism. You know, Gary, here's why I wrote the book. I will be honest with you right now. I am not best at navigating uncertainty. I struggle with it. I get anxious. I'm scared. And I've been interviewing, though I've been interviewing innovators for 20 years. And the thing that kind of fascinated me about them is that they all did really new things. And I love the new things they did. I love the breakthroughs they created. But I noticed that to get to that breakthrough, to get to that new thing, to get to that change, they had to go through uncertainty. And so I was so curious, like, how did they do it? And so the, the book we've written, The Upside of Uncertainty, is really trying to unpack that. Okay, wait a minute. To get to something new, you have to go through uncertainty. So what do we learn from innovators, creators, entrepreneurs, designers about how to get to that uncertainty? So that was what motivated the book. It started long before the pandemic. But then, of course, in the course of developing the book, the pandemic happened. And that kind of taught me and taught all of us through, uh, you know, maybe the school of hard knocks that uncertainty doesn't just come from the things we choose. Let's say you say, I have an idea and I want to pursue it. And you're choosing to step into the uncertainty. Uncertainty also happens to you. It's the unplanned uncertainty. And so one of the questions that, you know, if you would, if I can say it, a silver lining of the pandemic for me, one of them was oh, Nathan, you really need to unpack how these tools, if and how these tools help people also go through unplanned uncertainty. And in fact, there was this uh, real um, telling moment where I was super anxious because of the pandemic, because most of my income comes from keynotes and teaching and all of that was canceled. So my income basically disappeared. And uh, my co-author said to me, you know, if you can't use these tools to help yourself through this, then you don't get to write this book. Give me a break. You're just a fake. Like you need to, yeah, you have to have some skin in the game here. And, and for me, that was a really important moment because it was a moment where I said, how do I apply these tools? I'd already been applying the planned uncertainty tools sort of in my life. You know, and as I learned them, I started to apply them more. But then how do I also apply these to navigate the unplanned uncertainty? It's really interesting talking about the pandemic. So my five years before the pandemic had been working in a retail turnaround environment, a huge amount of uncertainty. And I always felt, certainly for my personal role and also potentially for the business, it was never quite clear that you know, six months' time, 12 months' time, the business would still be okay and my role would still exist. 
And it did continue to sort of work its way. And I stayed in that role for a long time. And I came out of it thinking it was great experience. But I never want to be in that place again, that sustained level of uncertainty. And I got approached in late 2019 for an interim role in a profitable, successful, stable retail business. And I went, actually, that's interesting. The only circumstance that I wouldn't think about going into that role is if I'm walking into another retail crisis because I just feel like I've done my time. And I started the role on the 3rd of February 2020 going, you know, this is going to be great a year in this role. And, you know, as I I say, the sort of stable, successful business. And then in week five, we went home, you know, for COVID. And I ended up chairing the COVID committee and all sorts of things. And it was interesting because it was exactly the situation that I had expressly set out to avoid being in. But at the same time, I did feel rather at home in that environment of uncertainty because of all the people around the table, I probably had the most experience of working in that sort of extreme uncertain environment. So yeah, I think the, I think the pandemic has really challenged a lot of people. A lot of the coaches that I work with at the moment, they feel that too. And when you think about the book, who, who's your ideal reader for the book? Who should be picking up a copy of it, do you think? Yeah. So, you know, when, we, when I started the project, you have to understand I've written a couple of books that Harvard has published. They're mostly about innovation you you know, and the uncertainty of innovation. How do we get ideas? How do we test ideas? So when I started writing it I, or, or working on the project, I was thinking about how do I help leaders who want to do new things, navigate uncertainty. But as we dug deeper into the research, we did more interviews, we looked at the existing empirical research, what we realized is you really, it's really for everybody in the sense that it's for you as an individual. So my co-author likes to say it's for the person inside the manager or the person inside the leader, because you have to be able to uh, learn to be more comfortable with uncertainty to lead others through it. And I think we all saw this. You were talking about the pandemic and you talked about how you were kind of the most experienced with this. I think we all saw examples in the pandemic of people who, leaders who navigated it well and leaders who navigated it poorly. So for example, I saw examples of leaders who would say things to their organizations like, this is the worst crisis we've faced since the Great Depression. In fact, it's even worse in terms of job losses. And you can only imagine kind of what that did to people who, you know, like they're freaking out now too. Uh, And I saw examples of other leaders who showed incredible empathy, incredible vision, some of the tools we talk about in the book, and uh, who were able to help people see a positive path forward to change. So what we ended up writing is I ended up, you know, stepping into the unknown a bit here and saying, let's write this to everybody. So whether you're a leader, an entrepreneur, a, a, a grandparent, uh, um, how, because the truth is that uncertainty has been increasing around us in the world for some time. So, for example, the World Uncertainty Index tracks just political and economic uncertainty, and that's been an upward trend for since the 1990s when they started measuring it. But there's other kinds of uncertainty we face. And, and really, my central thesis is this. Whatever it is, whether it's planned uncertainty you chose or unplanned uncertainty, you can pull out possibilities better. You will have greater probability of pulling out some positive possibility if you can navigate uncertainty well. And so in that sense, it really is for whatever role you're in, whatever stage of life you're in, even if you stepped out of, you know, you know management or business or wh- whatever, whatever you do, you know, out of running trains. It's really 
about how do I create a, a life I want given the hand of cards I'm being dealt and the uncertainty that I'm faced with. I really love that. And I, I think that I talk a lot to my coaching clients about taking ownership, even when you don't hold all the cards and even when you don't have all the information. So, so how does someone who knows that they're in a situation of maybe unprecedented uncertainty about time ahead, how do they take control? Yeah. So um, I'm a, I'm a pretty practical guy, maybe a little bit too tangible of a guy. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm an academic, so I can think at the abstract, the theoretical level. But I I always want to bring things down and make them as practical as possible. So in uh, the upside of uncertainty, we talk about over 30 tools that we observed, tried to make them as tangible and actionable as possible. But that's a lot of tools, right? 30, like, yeah, even if I lay, laid them out, nobody would remember them. So what we do is we organize it around what we call the first aid cross for uncertainty, this idea. So central thesis of the book is that the ability to navigate uncertainty or uncertainty ability is like a thing we can train and build. So like a muscle and good news is everybody who is listening to this right now, you've made it through the pandemic and you have built that muscle. So you've already got the muscle being built, but there's four categories of things we can do to navigate uncertainty with greater courage. And it's number one, uh, reframing the uncertainty from a source of loss, which freaks us out. Uh, remember, you know, the, oh no, it's the worst thing since the Great Depression, the pandemic, and to a source of gain, which uh, automatically re- reorients our brain differently. Uh, number two, the second set of tools is we can prime or prepare. So think of how you prime a pump so it can pump water. You prime a wall so you can paint it. It's so when uncertainty happens, you're able to navigate it with greater calm. Number three, there are ways to do, we call it the do section, but there's ways to take action under uncertainty that lead to better outcomes. So uh, all these insights from the research and innovation and entrepreneurship about how entrepreneurs take action that help them navigate the unknown. And then number four, as I mentioned, we have emotions, we have anxiety, they're very human that accompany uncertainty. So number four is how do we sustain? How do you sustain yourself uh, through those moments, through the inevitable setbacks, disappointments, changes of course that come with uncertainty. So again, it's reframe, prime, do, and sustain. Those are the four categories of things to do. And it kind of depends where you're at, like how you, you know, if it's unplanned uncertainty, you might start with the sustaining tools, acknowledging that these are the emotions you're feeling. Uh, if it's, it, it might be you start with the reframing. So coming back to uh, my example of leaders in the pandemic. Again, when we talk about reframing, it, it, framing is a is an old uh, tool uh, from psych, the field of psychology. There's an ample body of empirical evidence that suggests the way you describe something shapes how you think, do, and act. There's some great Nobel Prize winning research, and, and what it comes down to is says we are if you frame something as a loss, we are wired to be afraid of it. So the famous study, Kahneman and Tversky was, you know, basically, you know, you, there's a disease and you offer people two treatments, one with a 5% chance of failure and one with a 95% chance of success. I'm, I'm oversimplifying, but that's what it comes down to. Uh, people always want the 95% chance of success, even though they're statistically identical. They're the same treatment. Um, and that's because we want gains. We're wired to want gains. We're wired to avoid losses. So let's take uncertainty. 
we're wired to see uncertainty as a source of loss. Like, oh my gosh, things are going to be taken away from me. I'm going to lose the edge I had, all that. And so, of course, we freak out and we want to avoid it. But if we can reframe it as a source of gain, we can, we can walk into it with more courage. And, and the example I wanted to give you was, again, back to the pandemic. I, I saw leaders say things like, this is worse than the Great Depression. You're framing the uncertainty as a loss. And guess what? Everybody in the organization freaks out. Contrast that, for example, with how Brian Chesky, CEO of Airbnb, framed the uncertainty. And, you know, Airbnb, hospitality industry, of all the industries that were hard hit by COVID, that was one of the worst. So he's in one of the worst industries. What does he say? This is the worst thing that ever happened to us? No. What he says is, this is our moment. Great companies are forged in moments of crisis. This is our chance to show that we are one of the great companies. We're not just some snowflake of the internet. And, 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 and even beyond that, how do we help the people who are part of our platform and help them make it through that? I and mean, can you see the difference in that framing? I mean, we're not employees of Airbnb and we're already like, kind of like, yeah, let's, let's tackle that uncertainty. Let's step into it. Let's be great. And that's, that's what I mean by reframing changes, how you think about and decide and act. And, and so at a personal level, at an organizational level, I think it really starts with how do I reframe this uncertainty from a source of loss to a source of maybe a source of gain or a possibility? When you think back to early in your career, when you didn't, you hadn't done this work and you hadn't got this thinking, do you remember a time when you really struggled with uncertainty that you think now you look back and you think, if only I had some of these tools available to me at that time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, first off, um, you should know that my co-author is also uh, my wife of 25 years. She's an entrepreneur and an innovator. She's always been good at uncertainty. So it's, a, it's kind of a, a magical uh, combination. The, the nerd who's afraid of uncertainty, who studies it, and the innovator who's naturally good at it. But let me get personal with you. Um, way back when I was uh, undergrad in English, and I fell in love early with uh, my co-author, and we got married and had a baby on the way. And, and I had this kind of aha realization, which was that, you know, my ability to get a job in this field, to get a, you know, tenure track position was really low. And I, I just, I, I wanted to change career tracks. So let's abstract, anybody who's listening, abstract away from the specifics to this moment of wanting to change career tracks. And, um, I was really freaking out because as an English major, like I've got no, you know, I've, I, I didn't see myself as having any skills. Um, I was really feeling like urgent, like I've got to like, what am I going to do? I'm in this terrible situation. I have a baby on the way. I have no skills. And I remember I went to the career counseling center and, and actually we tell this story in the book because what this career counselor is going to do is one of the tools in sustain. I went to the career counseling center. I, I go talk to one of these career counselors and he's this older gentleman, you know, probably like a year or two away from retirement. I'm telling him my plight, you know, I've got a baby on the way and I, I got to support my family and I've got no skills and how am I going to do this? And he's like leaning way back in his chair, like just bored as can be twirling his pen. And I'm kind of starting to get a little bit offended. Like, you know, like, Hey man, I'm like pouring out my soul to you. And you're like, just like acting like it's no big deal. And he's just at one point he says, okay, 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 okay. Like, I don't want this to sound offensive, but I have socks in my drawer that are older than you. And I was just like, what? 
what? Like, and, and I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, no, what I'm trying to tell you is life is long. You feel so urgent right now in this moment that you've got to figure this out in the next week. But actually, that's a long time to figure this out. And, and, and what that gentleman was, te- and, and, and it kind of dawned on me at that moment, what that gentleman was teaching me is that in the moment of uncertainty, we get really spun up, really hot with like, I've got to resolve the uncertainty right now. But sometimes it takes time for the uncertainty to resolve, time for the path to reveal itself. And so there's patience that's involved in uncertainty. So how do we use our time and engage our time productively while we wait for that uncertainty to resolve? Because one of, I will tell you one of the traps of uncertainty, uh, we call it premature uh, certainty, which is we'll grab onto an option prematurely that is certain just to give us the the ease from that sense of anxiety when maybe we need to wait for the path to kind of unfold before us. I really like that. There's there's a phrase I use in my book, the idea mindset, which is you can't think to a deadline, which is this idea that you're so used to delivering tasks to a deadline. Please, can you give me the spreadsheet by next Friday? And you can do that. You know, you might have to work late to do it, but you can do it. But if you say to somebody, can you figure out your career path by next Friday? You might come up with an answer, but it might not be the right one. And you can't quantify the value of just time. And you don't know how much time it's, it's going to take. I think that's one of the issues that people really struggled with in the pandemic was the fact that you didn't know how long it was going to go on for. You didn't know whether you were preparing for three months or a year or the rest of your life. You know, How do people deal with that not knowing how long it's going to take to find clarity, do you think? Yeah, it's it's such a good question because it is such a common occurrence uh, under the course of uncertainty. So number one, I think acknowledging that it can take time. So we actually, the tool we used in the book that has a a bit of something memorable about it. We had a, we had, I had a good friend whose grandfather was a master mechanic. And he would always talk about this idea of don't force the machinery because in forcing the machinery, something's not, it's not ready to move. There's something not right. So if you just force it, you break the gears. Whereas if you go back in, you, you're a little more patient, you kind of try to understand it, you can get the gears moving. So one of the ideas we talk about this, you know, to kind of help you resist this temptation to premature certainty is the idea of don't force the machinery. And it can be very helpful to remind yourself of stories where it took time for people to figure things out. So for example, I remember uh, interviewing David Hyatt. He's an entrepreneur on the west coast of Wales, you know, started his career in London and a big uh, advertising firm, uh, went on to create a, a big clothing brand that they sold to Timberland, moves out to Wales, and it's kind of like a little disillusion, wondering, what do I do next? And he, and he talks about how he went running for two years, wondering, what do I do next? And, and it wasn't until like the pieces came together and the pieces were, he, he realized that the town he'd moved to, Cardigan, was once the jeans manufacturing headquarter of the UK, but, but low-cost jeans manufacturing. And those jobs had all left overseas, leaving this kind of economically desperate situation and people with a lot of skills, but no work. And it was that kind of social need when he recognized that and said, well, wait, I'm good at creating brands. Here's people in need. That he described as kind of the wind in his sails that, that, that gave him the, the reason, the why, to go through the hard work of starting a company. But that took two years to come. So I think, number one, don't force the machinery, recognizing that 
that, you know, it takes time. But number two, let's pair that with this idea of, of, you know, when we talk about the do section, how do we take action under uncertainty? One of the number one principles is this idea of small steps, breaking something complex down to small steps. So during that period of waiting, it's not that you do nothing. It's you say, well, what are the small steps I could be taking towards something? And some of us know we have a feeling of what it is I want to work on. Some of us don't. If you're somebody who doesn't know, um, number one, I would say, don't stress out. You know, I think one of the greatest uh, misrepresentations we have in our world is this idea that you are supposed to have one passion and you're supposed to find that out and dedicate your life to that and that somehow you'll be the next Steve Jobs if you do that. Well, that's such a poor representation of the interior life of a human being that there's one mountain and nothing else. And in reality, it's more like we have a landscape within us. You may have many hills and many mountains. So number one, de-stress. I have many hills and many mountains and valleys inside of me. And then number two, to just ask, what am I curious about? And to even let a small sliver of that curiosity uh, be your guide. And one of my favorite stories uh, my co-author brought into the book was about this very famous author, Elizabeth Gilbert, who, you know, wrote this novel. And the novel, she realized when she finished, was bad. Uh, She had a publisher who was saying, where's it at? And the novel's bad. I don't know how to fix it. I'm feeling burnt out. And what do I do next? And, and uh, advice uh, she was given by a wise friend was, well, follow your curiosity. Yeah, and, she, and she was like, well, I, I didn't have like a strong curiosity. I just had this little nudge of like, I'm kind of curious about gardening. So she got into gardening and she was gardening stuff and she was working on that. And she says, you know, it wasn't a big, loud voice. It was just a little like, oh, I'm kind of curious. And she said, you know, I was working on different kinds of roses and vegetables and all that. And while one day while I'm working in this garden on the vegetables, suddenly it dawned on me, I know how to fix the book. And she left the garden and she went, she spent the next three days fixing the book and, and it was, you know, it was well, ended up being well received. But I think, you know, some of us, so, so to summarize my answer, number one, don't force the machinery, let the path unfold before you, but pair that with taking small steps. Some of you know uh, what you want to do, in which case I would say, what's the smallest step you could take forward on that today? Some of you don't know. And if you don't know, de-stress and say, what am I curious about? And let that, even if it seems like gardening doesn't have anything to do with writing a novel, you're right. But sometimes that side path leads to uh, where we ultimately need to be. That's fantastic. When, when you look back, hopefully in two or three or four or five years, and you've got all these people out there who've read your book, what do you hope is the impact that the upside of uncertainty has on people? The number one thing I hope it has, I, I will say, I wrote this book to my friends. So I wrote it to ask, how would I help my friends to create the life they want or they dream about or that's possible? I don't mean some ideal thing. Just let go of like this ideal thing. I think that just disables us, this idea there's some optimum we could achieve. But I do think we can always be taking steps towards creating a life we're proud of, a life that is impactful, that is meaningful. So I wrote it to my friends to say, what did I learn from all these innovators, designers, and creators to help you create that life? And and if if you're somebody who is like a little skeptical, I would say, well, let me just give you a challenge right now. Think of anything you're proud of. 
a, a move you made, whether it was a geographic move, a career move, a project you did you were proud of, or a relationship you're proud of. And I would challenge you and say, think back. Didn't that only come after a moment of uncertainty? And you had to walk through that uncertainty to get to that possibility. And, and the thing about uncertainty is that it, we all want change. We all want growth. We all want transformation. We all want success. But it, it is always paired with uncertainty. And so uncertainty and possibility are two sides of the same coin. And, and even the uncertainty that happens to us, like the pandemic or whatever it may be, or losing a job or getting a job offer rescinded, that is, there is something hidden in that that we can learn from. And so the number one thing I hope people take away is what I would, we called in the book transilience, which is kind of beyond resilience. So resilience is I can take a punch and I stay standing. To me, transilience is I can take uncertainty and I ask, how can I let this make me stronger? How do I transform that into possibility? And, and my happiest moment is when somebody tells me, you know, I was, had all this stuff going on in my life and there was this job offer and I just thought, oh, it's too crazy. I can't handle that. But then I you know, was in your workshop, Nathan, and I took the job and it was such, it transformed my life. I, I, that makes me feel like I've done something meaningful in the world. So my, my hope is that you know, for people who are feeling tons of anxiety, tons of uncertainty, I can just bring down the temperature for you, but also to give you courage to take those steps that will ultimately help you have a more fulfilling uh, life and to, to do what you're here to do. And, and so that's really my belief is that that is uh, the best use of, of who we are is to s- discover that who are we, what are we here to do and to do that well. And that inevitably means we're going to have to face some uncertainty. That's such powerful thinking. So where can people get hold of the book? When's it coming out? Where, where can people find out more about it? Yeah, so um, The Upside of Uncertainty is coming out in July of 2022. Uh, you can, of course, find it at Amazon. It's also independent resellers. But I will say, if you're in a point in your life where you're like, I don't have the money to buy a book, uh, I've been in that position before, you can go to the website uncertaintypossibility.com. So remember this idea, uncertainty and possibility are two sides of the same coin. So uncertaintypossibility.com, and we've written about all the tools there. We'll get, we're, we're creating some um, video course content there. Again, because I, I'm, I'm serious. My motivation is not to try to make money off this. My motivation is to get these tools into people's hands so that they can use it. So we, we describe all the tools there, and you can find out more about it there. Fantastic. We'll put those links in the show notes so people can pick them up there as well. The unlock moment is that flash of remarkable clarity when you suddenly know the right path ahead. Today's master locksmith, Nathan Furr, is one of the world's foremost experts on managing uncertainty. With his uncertainty capability framework, you can turn something as abstract as uncertainty into something concrete, giving you a solid foundation for the decisions you need to make as you figure out the path ahead. As I say in the idea mindset, only you will change your life. So go and order a copy of Nathan's new book, The Upside of Uncertainty, and it's going to help you on that journey. Nathan, thank you so much for joining me today on The Unlock Moment. Thank you, and good luck to all of you. This has been The Unlock Moment, a podcast with me, Dr. Gary Crotez. 
Thank you for listening in. You can find out more about how to figure out what you want and how to get it in my book, The Idea Mindset, available in physical book, ebook, and audiobook formats. Follow me on Instagram and subscribe to this podcast to get notified about future episodes. Join me again soon.